We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast here for another edition of the more you know, Cleveland Browns edition. And joining me to do that is the good friend of the show, Mike, who is the host of the Garage Beers podcast covering the Cleveland Browns for our uh, friends over at Blue Wire podcast. So, Mike, happy to have you on the show today. How are you doing today? Steven, man, I'm, I'm doing well. I am. Uh, this is a game that I think has been circled on the Browns calendar since the start. Uh, as a real kind of testing point for this team. So I'm very excited for this weekend. Uh, it's beautiful here in Cleveland. Uh, I know you guys, uh, maybe you California guys, you uh, uh, out there in, in Southern California, we got fall weather going on here in Cleveland uh, and uh, it's what we live for here. So yeah, things are great. Yeah, I uh, I grew up in Utah and the thing I absolutely miss the most about living in Utah is like having an actual fall. Because here in California, yes. uh, we get like a week of like where it feels like actual fall. And then it's just like, okay, now it's 45 degrees. Like here's winter. So I uh, definitely miss like the real feeling of fall for sure. Is it supposed to rain on Sunday by chance? I don't think it's supposed to rain. I think the weather's supposed to actually be pretty nice. And, and in fact, I think it actually may warm up a little bit. Uh, last I looked, again, I, I'm not 100% sure. But uh, yeah, it's fun. We've got that. There's that tradition in these places like Cleveland. We have seasons where you do change your whole closet changes. You put, you put clothes away in Cleveland and you get clothes out. <laughs> Summer clothes go away. Winter clothes come out. Fall clothes come out. So we're, we're bringing the fall clothes out, but that's one of our favorite times of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm super jealous of uh, having real seasons. So, um, you know, it should be a fun one. You mentioned this being a, a litmus test. Uh, this is 
you know, big litmus test for the Chargers defense as well. And I want to start, of course, with the Cleveland Browns uh, rushing attack. You know, this is kind of the bell of the ball. And uh, for the Cleveland Browns offense at this point, as has as has been the case for the last few years with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Bill Callahan and all the, this, mm. this great rushing attack. And I, I kind of want to ask ask you this question based in, in you kind of putting your opposing coach hat on, if you will. If you were going up against the Cleveland Browns, like how would you go about attacking the Browns offense in the hopes of like maybe being able to like stop them from time to time? Because obviously, you know, stopping them for the whole game is is such a tough ask. But if you were a defensive coordinator, how would you go about trying to stop this Browns offense? You know, I think if I had the the a hundred percent answer to that, I'd probably be hired as a defensive coordinator <laughs> because, because we've seen it all year. We've yeah. seen it all year. We've seen teams just stack the box against the Browns because, again, we've got a backup quarterback in there. Uh, we've got uh, a a thin wide receiver room, to put it nicely. Uh, and so we've seen teams all year long stacking the box, running different run blitzes, uh, trying to fill the gaps. And, and the fact of the matter is, A, you've got two of the best run-blocking offensive guards in football in Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio. Uh, who just are incredible at getting out in front and, and and blocking for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And you've got, especially Nick Chubb, you've got a guy in Nick Chubb that you can never be confident that he's going down to the ground until mm-hmm. he is on the ground. Uh, and, and so we see it. We've seen it all year long. We've seen Nick Chubb getting hit in the backfield, four-yard loss, turns into a five-yard gain all year long. And, and it's what he does. And so if I was a defending I'd pray, I guess, a lot. I'd do a lot of praying. Uh, I would see if we could sneak an extra guy onto the field. Uh, but in reality, I think what you have to do is you have to be sure tackling. You have to find ways to get these guys to the ground because you can get to them. If you send enough guys, they're not going to be able to block everybody. You can get to them, but you got to be able to get them to the ground. And to be honest with you, you have to try to force the Browns into mistakes in other areas. Uh, you want the ball in Jacoby Brissett's hands. And when he throws, you want to try to force him into mistakes. He hasn't made many of them this year, uh, but that uh, that's like the only hope because this running attack is, I mean, they're on fire to start the year. Yeah, you know, we were looking at, you know, all the advanced metrics, right? And, um, you know, my co-host Tyler was bringing up that if you took the Browns rushing EPA per play and put it into a passing metric, they'd be like eighth in the league still. Right. Like, it's, right. it's just insane to me that, they have improved this rushing attack. You know, they've had some injuries at offensive tackle and, you know, the tight end room is kind of, kind of changing. And now you mentioned the receivers, like, like they are completely game script proof in terms of a rushing attack. Like there, we get the comment, right. It's like, Oh, you know, the chargers just need to jump out to an early lead. And it's like the Browns do not care. They will not care if they're down 21, they will still run the football. And, and, and I think a lot of the credit to the improved running game for the Browns has to go to, Kevin Stefanski, Alex Van Pelt, offensively, I know Browns fans like to criticize every single play call that those guys make, but I will tell you 90% of their play calling this year has been impeccable. They have really dedicated themselves to saying, we're going to run the ball. We're going to let you know we're going to run the ball. We're going to line up in formations that are going to show you we're going to run the ball, and you're not going to stop us. And and they had Kevin Stefanski mic'd up during the Jets game, the, the epic collapse that was the Jets game. Uh, but Nick Chubb scored a touchdown, and he was mic'd, Stefanski was mic'd up, and he said, you got to love when they know you're going to run the ball and you know you're going to run the ball and you're still scoring touchdowns. That's what the Browns have really dedicated themselves to this year. They really are completely and fully dedicated to the running game. And that's, I think, why you're seeing such a, an improvement in an already top-level running game in the league. 
Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, I went through and watched like every defensive snap from the Chargers last year, you know, over the summer and just watching Joel Batonio and JC Treader and Wyatt Teller last year, the Chargers just had no chance up the middle, like zero chance. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Christian Covington, Jerry Tillery and, and these guys who were, you know, backups or practice squad players this year. So it's going to be a big test this week for, you know, what the Chargers have done on defense with Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox. So yep. they've got to be on their A game or Joel Batonio. And, and uh, I know obviously Teller's not there anymore, but or Treader's not there. I always Treader, get those yeah. two confused. Yep. Teller is still there. So you're talking about arguably the second and third best guards in the league. So correct. once they get going, man, this, this group is just so much fun to watch as an objective fan of the sport, as a guy who likes offensive line play. Uh, nobody does it better than those two in terms of run blocking. Yeah. And, and, and then you got that, you know, Ethan Posich is the center. He's been fine, serviceable this year. He hasn't jumped off by any stretch. He hasn't played quite as well as what you would expect out of a guy like JC Treader. Uh, but he stepped in. He's the backup. Nick Harris was supposed to be the starter, and he went down uh, before the season. Uh, but you even got the guys on the outside. Jedrick Wills is not one of the best left tackles in the league at this point. However, he's really good in the run game, and he's very athletic, and he's fast for his position. And Jack Conklin out there at the right tackle, if he's healthy and he plays, he's a mauler. So, yeah, that that offensive line, you know, those boys, you love offensive line play. Those boys never get enough credit when you're talking about Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and that. But, I mean yeah. – that is, that is, they, they make Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, uh, and they're so good up front. Yeah, absolutely. Is uh, Nick Harris coming back at all, or is he done for the year? I, uh, I think he is done for the year, but okay. um, uh, I'm not a thousand percent sure if, if we will see him towards the back end of the year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you mentioned Jacoby Brissett, obviously, uh, you know, filling in for Deshaun Watson, obviously taking over from Baker Mayfield. Has the passing attack changed all that much from what you've seen in the past from, you know, Baker and Odell and Jarvis Landry and all those guys? Obviously, you have different receivers, right? Amari Cooper and uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of holding down the fort. But with Jacoby, are they doing anything different than what they used to do? You know, to be honest with you, I think the play calling remains very similar to what they used to do. Kevin Stefanski, when you watch the film of what Stefanski and Van Pelt put together offensively, you see wide open receivers. We saw it with Baker Mayfield all the time. The difference between Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett so far this year is Jacoby Brissett's just decisive. He just drops mm -hmm. back and throws the ball where he wants to throw the ball. And, and outside of a some stretches here or there, I mean, I think we all know the, the famous stretch towards the back end a couple of years ago where Baker Mayfield got the Browns to the playoffs and they won a playoff game. He was playing really decisively. He was a pretty indecisive player. He One play goes wrong, and it kind of tilts him, right? Mm -hmm. That's not what happens with Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett drops back, and he is decisive. And until last week, he's been super accurate. Last week was not his best game, but you kind of expect that out of a backup quarterback. Uh, but offensively, I, I think you're still seeing you're still seeing similar formations. You're still seeing, you know, they'll, they'll come in, and they'll bring in the 13 personnel, the 12 personnel, and all that. But you still see a lot of 11 personnel out of the Browns. Uh, you're getting David Njoku's becoming more and more involved at this as this season has gone on. Okay. Uh, and, and he's, he's gotta be the guy. Uh, lots of people not quite sold on Donovan people's Jones yet. Uh, we know Amari Cooper is, is an excellent wide receiver in the NFL and he has been so far for the Browns. Um, you've got young guys, David Bell, who they drafted, who's been getting a lot of playing time. But there's been a focus on David Njoku because he is one of the most talented pass catchers and and, uh, and, and dynamic players on that offense. So we haven't really seen a difference, I don't think, uh, other than 
the ball isn't sticking in the quarterback's hands an awful lot. And we were used to that. Uh, that's kind of what we saw, especially a lot last year. And you can blame injuries or whatever, but the ball stuck in Baker's hand a lot. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, sounds like that has continued to Carolina as well. Um, but we'll shift gears here and uh, <laughs> talk about the defense. I know yeah, we could we could have certainly talked about this at the start, right? Obviously, Miles Garrett is, is one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, obviously, had that car accident. Yeah, he was back at practice today. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to you know listen to what Kevin Stefanski has said recently. Is Miles Garrett like a 50-50 chance? Is he gonna play? Is he gonna be out? Where where is Miles Garrett at with his health right now? We are hearing that Miles Garrett is um he's not like a full-on go yet, but I would expect to see Miles Garrett out on the field on Sunday. I think he wanted to play last Sunday uh and then got told late in the week. Uh, you know, he was the one that got told late in the week, you know what? Maybe we'll take this one off. I think uh I think the Browns maybe kind of thought we're going into this Atlanta game. This isn't the greatest Atlanta team on the planet. So maybe we can go without Miles Garrett and let him really heal up from this accident. And I think optics wise, maybe let a guy that just rolled his car a couple of sure. times sit out a week. Uh, but I, I would expect miles was a full go in practice today. I would expect to see miles. Uh, we're hopefully expecting to see Jadavian Clowney back out there again this week as well. And that's a difference maker for our defense. As you guys know, on defense, missing a couple of your, uh, most outstanding playmakers on defense missing two guys uh, and two of your best guys on defense completely changes the defense. Uh, yeah. It makes the Atlanta Falcons look pretty decent. It makes the Houston Texans uh, look pretty decent offensive or yeah, yeah. Offensively. So uh, we're, we're very much hoping to see miles and Jadavion back out there this week. So it doesn't sound like there was any kind of long-term concerns with miles no. after the car accident. No, it was, uh, I want to say it was like a, a strain in his arm he had a couple lacerations, but just a very lucky and 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 something we're all, you know, you got to take the person into account more than the football player. Uh, so yeah. something we are certainly all very uh, grateful for that he's just he's OK. And and and, and the, the person he was riding in the car with is OK and uh, lucky to walk away from what looked very scary uh, if you saw the pictures of the car. Uh, so football coming secondary to that, but it does look like we are going to see Miles Garrett again. Yeah. Again, as an objective fan, you know, you want to see guys healthy out there and that's, that's, you never wish injuries on anybody. And, you know, obviously the Chargers are starting a, a rookie six round pick at left tackle and people are like, well, I, I, I wish Miles wouldn't play. It's like, no, like I want to see like with the Browns healthy. I want to see everybody at their best and as much as you possibly can. And like you said, you know, when you hear the rolling of the car three or four times it's like oh my yeah. gosh like this guy like is he gonna play again is he gonna be <laughs> is he gonna be have like a normal life so you know the fact that he's able to play football again two weeks later yeah. i don't know if you listen to the jj watt situation lastly yeah. man but these players like they just give so much to the sport and so i'm a fan of miles garrett i mean i think he's one of the best players in the league so uh first and foremost happy that he's healthy physically yeah yeah, when you hear a guy, Miles, Miles is a monster. Uh, if you ever stand <laughs> yeah. next to Miles Garrett, the guy is a monster. He is a monster. So to hear him rolling around in a little Porsche uh, uh, a couple times, <laughs> that's scary. It was scary. It was yeah. like, how, man, that, that, you know, it's not like a truck flipping or something. That's, there's not a lot of room there for Miles Garrett. Uh, so yeah, we're, you know, just grateful he's feeling all right and he's out of practice. And, you know, obviously that means good things for his playing, but also his health. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's going to change a lot of the, this matchup, right? If Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clown, Clowney are uh, both playing in this game, I know that you know the defensive numbers for the Browns in terms of like EPA per play and DVOA and all that stuff have not been great. Yeah, 
is that like do you feel okay about where the defense has been schematically do you think it's just is just more injuries or do you think there's something more going on here with the browns defense than you know maybe somebody from the outside can really tell no i don't feel good about where they're at in a lot of ways um you know personnel wise there's a lot of concerns that the middle of the browns defensive line is atrocious it may be the worst interior defensive line in football between starters and depth between backups and everybody it's it's brutal there there are two players they threw out there at the interior defensive line in the falcons game ranked dead last and second to last in the nfl last week uh uh, in their rankings. So they're rough up the middle. You lost uh, Anthony Walker, who came into camp in like the best shape you've ever seen this guy. in. the guy was flying around, making a ton of plays. He's out for the season. He was the real leader from the linebacker position, which really can help make up for some deficiencies in that interior defensive line. Uh, so losing him was a big loss. Uh, and then schematically, I don't know what is going on with the Cleveland Browns uh, and the schemes that they are running. But you are touting one of the most talented defensive backfields on paper in the mm -hmm. National Football League. When you're throwing out Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward and John Johnson and Grant Delpit uh, and, and even the depth, Ronnie Harrison, Martin Emerson was their third round draft pick this year. He has been phenomenal for them. When you're touting that talent, they run a lot of... I don't know what they're trying to do defensively. I don't know whether Joe Woods thinks that they need to be tricking quarterbacks with like crazy zones because they'll be playing, you know, uh, one zone on one side of the field and a completely different zone on the other side of the field. It, it, it's almost feels like it's too complex when you've mm. got guys out there, when you've got guys and it doesn't mean the guys can't handle it, but when you've got guys out there like Denzel Ward and, 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 and I think we're going to be see, seeing greedy Williams coming back this week. Uh, when you've got guys out there that should be able to match up with guys one-on-one -on -one in coverage, doesn't mean you just play man all the time. But, man, I think you can simplify the defense. I think the defense has been overly complex, and they've had just this epidemic with the Cleveland Browns. You, saw, It started with you guys last year, and it still <laughs> drives me crazy. I can still, in my dreams, see Mike Williams just running by himself down the field, not once but twice in yeah. that game. Blown coverages is an epidemic with this team because everything just feels too complicated, and I think these guys just need – it needs to get dumbed down. This off or this defense is good enough where you let your front four get pressure because they are good at that, and you let your defenders cover. And and I that may sound overly simplistic, but that's the level of talent they have on this defense. And I, I think they try to get too cute with it. Yeah, I mean, I look at this Browns defense, right? And I, and we'll see about Keenan Allen. Doesn't really seem sound like he's gonna play. Um, but I look at this being like a really big challenge for the Chargers skill players, right? I mean, Mike Williams. Um, not the cleanest separator. He's obviously more of a big body, you know, longer route runner. Um, Josh Palmer hasn't panned out the way that we all would have hoped at this point. Um, you know, Gerald Everett has been really good, but yeah, he hasn't gone against the level of competition of a John Johnson or a Jeremiah Wosukoromole in coverage. Like, you know, he's been beating up on some, you know, younger, lower level coverage players, in my opinion, which is great. I love to see it. Yeah, right. Love to see him taking advantage of the the, the matchups, right? But I look at this Browns defense on paper and I'm like, okay, like this, this secondary should be really, really good, but it doesn't look like it's panned out that way so far. Yeah. And again, I think it does go back a little, little bit to scheme, but I, I think there's some performance issues. Denzel Ward's a hundred million dollar cornerback right now. He hasn't really looked like it so far this year. And that can happen sometimes after a big contract. And, and I think a guy needs to get beat up a little bit sometimes to, to, to get into that prove it mode. 
of, yeah, I'm worth this contract. Uh, you did see him with an interception last week. Uh, so it was good to see that come around. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think again, it starts being able to get pressure on that defensive line uh, is huge. When you give even, I don't care who it is. When you give Marcus Mariota all day in the pocket to throw the ball. I mean, it was one of the biggest plays in the game late in the game last week where he had, I don't know, he had like 15 seconds to throw the ball and he, he wound up finding, finding somebody on a, on a blown coverage, but you can't really call 15 seconds with the ball a blown coverage at that point. Sure. Uh, so for the Browns, it's it should be a simple, it should be a simple equation. Get pressure in the backfield, and 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 make things simple for your guys in the in the defensive backfield. Make things simple for your corners and your safeties, uh, and 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 get pressure on whoever you're playing, and and that should be the recipe for success. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's what the league is focused on in general right now, right? And right. so. Um, very curious about where the Browns are headed this season. Um, (laughs) the, the NFC North is obviously wide open at this point. And obviously you guys will get Deshaun Watson back at some point. Um, so where, where are you feeling this team is, is kind of headed? Where do you think that they kind of stack up in the NFC North and, uh, or AFC North, excuse me, uh, and AFC overall? Well, the AFC North is who knows? with the AFC North, right? <laughs> the Steelers are terrible. Uh, so we know that they've just gone to Kenny Pickett and we're all very excited about that in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, uh, the Bengals have not, the Bengals have done what I think a lot of us kind of felt like the Bengals were going to do, which is there's going to be a little bit of a fallback to to the planet after they went on just a killer run last year. Yeah. Still a lot of good players there in Cincinnati. Uh, and, and the Ravens have a lot of issues. They just have a lot of issues. You got one of the most talented dudes with the ball in his hands in the league in Lamar Jackson, and yet they still have some issues. So, yeah, the whole thing's wide open. There's plenty of reason for optimism, but you feel like this is going to be a roller coaster until you get Deshaun Watson back. Because in fairness to Jacoby Brissett, and he's a guy that's been around the league league for a long time. He's been a starter in Indianapolis. He was a starter in Miami. He obviously came up behind Tom Brady in New England. Um, Mm -hmm. He's a pro's pro. And so you're comfortable with him, but he has his limitations. And you're going to see some good games from him and you're going to see some bad games. I think from what I've seen in uh, early in this year, you're going to see this team through the first 11 games. I think, I think there's a chance they're going to beat some teams that a lot of people aren't giving them much of a chance to beat. And I think they're going to lose games like they've done already to the Jets and the Falcons, two teams that everybody had them beating. Uh, <laughs> everybody thought they were beating the Jets and the Falcons. You, know, you lost to the Jets and the Falcons. So, um, I think I think you kind of have to buckle up and ride the roller coaster, but I, I think if you can be sitting at six and five, uh, when Deshaun even five and six in this in this division, uh, six and five, five and six when Deshaun Watson gets back, everybody should be optimistic because everybody in the league knows what kind of a player Deshaun Watson can be and the and the the dynamics he brings to an offense. So, yeah, we'll see. I you know I I don't know about this game particularly against the chargers i'm very excited if you think going up against the browns is a bit of a litmus test for the chargers we obviously feel the same way going right back against you guys obviously you guys are battling far more injury issues with pro bowl level level players uh yeah. than or, do we even call them pro bowl level level players anymore because the pro oh, no I, we're doing flag football now That's all bizarre. pro caliber players yeah, there we go uh you know you guys are missing a lot of that uh so the browns have to be able to take advantage but you know the other thing we hang our hat on with kevin stefanski is he has an impeccable record after a loss he is i think 11 and 3 or 11 and 4 after a loss uh and so the browns are very difficult to beat twice in a row as weird as that sounds over the last 20 years 
Uh, they're difficult to beat twice in a row under Kevin Stefanski. So, um, yeah, and I just uh, I'm very excited to see what this looks like because I think we're all very nervous here in Cleveland about one of the best young quarterbacks in football in Justin Herbert and one of the best running back. You guys have one of the best running backs in Austin Eckler. Uh, the Browns were up to the challenge week one against a guy that I think is fairly similar to Eckler and Christian McCaffrey, a guy that can beat you mm. on the outside, catching the ball. Uh, he impacts the game in so many ways. The Browns were fairly successful against McCaffrey. They're going to have to be that way against Austin Eckler. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a whole, there's a lot of layers to this matchup, you know, and uh, you know, in, in general, I do think the Browns should be competitive in every single game. I mean, with this rushing attack being kind of, you know, the yang to the NFL's yin right now in terms yes. of all these, these uh, tendencies and trends that are happening, everything is geared towards stopping the pass and the Browns are just going to come at you with this buzzsaw of a rushing attack. And, you know, they're going to be in every game for it. So I'm excited we to watch it. Go ahead. I was going to say, we're like that in Cleveland, Stephen. We're like, all of our <laughs> sports teams are like that. The NBA went small ball. The Cavs threw three seven-footers yeah, last year. Yeah. Major League Baseball is all about home runs and the big hit. The Cleveland Guardians are out here stealing bases and manufacturing runs. And the NFL is all about the pass. And the and the Cleveland Browns are about running the football. And 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 that's to go to give you a better answer to your, your first question there, or your last question, I would say. Uh, if the Browns can be the team that slows the game down against everybody. If they can be the team that controls the clock, runs the ball, doesn't let some of these big time players like Justin Herbert be in the game for as long as he wants to be. Um, yeah. The Browns have a chance to still be successful, even with a very mediocre start to this year. Yeah, absolutely. Should be a great one. Um, you know, so excited to see the rematch here. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a 45 to 42 game, um, but <laughs> it should be uh <laughs> Should be a fun one, nonetheless. Uh, Mike, appreciate the time so much today. Uh, where can Charger fans go and find your work if they want some uh, Cleveland Browns intel ahead of this matchup? Yeah, for, so first of all, uh, the Orange and Brown Report, the OBR, you can look it up on Twitter, at the OBR. Uh, it is the oldest independent uh, Cleveland Browns uh, site that there is out there. They've been doing covering the Browns since 1999 when they came back into the league. Oh, wow. uh, so. The OBR has got incredibly talented people. We live stream four nights a week, plus pre and post game before and after the game. So if you do want to have a little fun pregame, you can check out the OBR's pregame, see what the Browns guys are talking about, the Chargers and all that. Uh, and then our my show that I'm on uh, every week uh, is the Garage Beers podcast, where we just crack open a couple beers and talk all things Browns and, and other Cleveland sports as well. So uh, just check out the OBR, check out the Garage Beers podcast. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, uh, you know, you are welcome on the show anytime from here on out, anytime the Chargers play the Browns. Uh, can't thank you for the time enough, man. And uh, good luck on Sunday. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you, listen, uh, we will. I'll send you a message uh, during the game. To, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I, I'm just praying. Just keep this thing close and let's have let's have a good game. And, you know, we'll see. You can tell the nervous energy is there for this game. <laughs> Go Browns. I, I feel guess. the same. I feel the same Hopefully. way. So, yeah, you know, we're, right. it's, a, it's a reciprocated feeling this week. So it should be fun. Uh, Mike Garage Beers podcast again. Check him out and uh, go show them some love. So, uh, Mike, appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Stephen. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy-five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over thirty-five, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.